Hello, I'm Pamela Davis. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Well Done Life Podcast. Hello, and welcome back. I'm Pamela Davis, and you are listening to the Well Done Life Podcast. If you're just joining us, this is Episode 5. This podcast is set up to help everyone learn how to share their stories under the hopes of all of us learning that no one really has this thing all together, but by learning from each other, we can each live our best life. So today, I really wanted to kind of look at a lot of the things that are going on in the news and how it can really be applied to our journey. Um, I know everyone is kind of talking about everything that happened with Gail King and uh, the Lisa Leslie interview, and then Snoop Dogg, and 50 Cent, and Boosie, and all these responses to the line of questioning that Gail King had in reference to the rape allegations that had been made against Kobe Bryant that he was ultimately acquitted of. And it was many, many moons ago that those allegations took place. And, and a lot of people felt that her line of questioning was inappropriate. I do have an opinion about that, and I will share it. But I thought that Lisa Leslie handled herself with such grace. She really was very thoughtful in her answers. She and Kobe obviously had a relationship. So coming from that relationship, she felt very confident in being able to express the fact that that was not the man that she knew. And she knew other people like that who would ask her to try to help them find women. But that wasn't Kobe. And it was a nice perspective to hear. I think back to when that happened, and I probably should Google it while we're talking. I was much younger then, and I remember thinking, wow, you know, this young guy is really kind of caught up in a situation, and how Vanessa Bryant really stood by her, stood by him. She was not his wife, I think, at that point. I think they were just dating, but they really, um, really stuck together, and that always really stuck in my mind, you know, how that happened. But ultimately, with everything that's happened and the man that he has gone on to become, I I really would, you know, have question and pause as to why it's being brought back up again. And I just Googled it. It actually was back in 2003. So we're talking more than 10 years ago. And for it to come back up now, it it definitely um, was very shocking that Gail would choose that line of questioning. And with everything that's gone on behind it, and obviously you can Google it, I'm sure you're hearing tons about it, and all of the vitriol from everyone responding and not responding, it really made me think, when did we learn to hate ourselves? Or or better yet, who taught us to hate each other? Because ultimately, on this journey to living the well-done life, One thing that we all have to understand is that, especially as Black women and Black men, we need each other in order to make it. We really do. Um, I, I, I always look back to even science, because if I think about it, I could never see myself being innately disrespectful to a Black man because I was made from a Black man. Remember from science, the male DNA combines with the female DNA to determine gender and on. So ultimately, if I were really just to break it down into simplistic um, tenets, I would not be a woman if it wasn't for my father being the man that he was. 
and my mother carrying me and giving me life ultimately gives me two amazing people that I could never see myself disrespecting. And I just wonder where did we lose that love and common respect for each other? And that's just a, a base level scientific aspect of it. But being able to speak to each other in the way that we do is just so uncalled for. When did we learn to disagree with people in such a way that we had to tear them down, that we had to go for the jugular when we're talking about them? Because as we're all learning to grow and to develop, we have to come to a point where we learn how to respectfully disagree with someone. And you don't see everybody in the media tearing themselves apart the way that we tear each other apart. And it's not just this Gail Kobe situation. I, I saw, heard something about um, Nicki Minaj and Meek Mill also doing the same thing and accusing each other. And I mean, in such public ways, when did we lose the ability to have conversations outside of social media? Uh, when we disagreed with someone? When did we lose that concept? It, it's just so sad. And unfortunately, you wind up contributing to the stereotypes that other people carry about us when it happens in the media. So I tend to wonder when that really took place. So I did a little research and I was thinking back to when that, uh, back in that time when I've heard this before, because I'm sure each of you have probably heard, or if you may not have heard, there was a speech by Malcolm X um, back in the 60s in reference to, and it was titled, Who Taught You to Hate Yourself? And I went back and listened to it. I had listened to it actually back in 2006 because I had the opportunity to write an article in reference to how the Beyonce Lemonade album tied specifically to that context in regards to one portion of his speech referencing how the black woman is the most disrespected person in America. We are the most abused, unprotected people. And that may not be the exact clear context, but that is ultimately what um, Malcolm X was conveying and how as a Muslim man, it was his mission to protect the black woman at all cost. Um, there was another quote that I had seen from Malcolm X in regards to how if you wanted to have a progressive society, you have to understand that your woman is that progress to that society, in that society. And how, again, reinforcing that protection of black women. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it's not all about protecting the black woman. We definitely have to protect the black man. As I mentioned, I wouldn't be the woman I am. I wouldn't be a woman if it wasn't for my father. And my father was someone who was a driving force in my life. And I am very fortunate to have been raised by a black man who knew that family always came first. He wasn't like Terry Crews in the sense where he would say it was not his obligation to please his daughters or his wife. He made us his top priority. He, it was us over everybody but God. And I'm very grateful for that. And to all the men out there who have that same philosophy, especially the black men, I, I give you all praise and reverence. But we, and we have to protect that because 
we can't tear our men down just like we tear ourselves down in public. We have to stop in general just tearing each other apart and understand that certain conversations don't need to be had. We can respectfully agree to disagree. Or if you have those type of connections in that level of celebrity, I don't understand why phone calls can't be made. It just seems like a lot of this is clickbait-ish. And I'll be quite honest, I think that's really what happened with Gail King. I I definitely thought the question in regards to that um, situation with Kobe Bryant was totally inappropriate on Gail King's part to ask. I'm not a journalist by any means, but I do have class. And I think about the timing. And in the context of that interview, I watched actually the entire segment and it was a lovely segment. And if you haven't watched it, you can actually Google it or you can just go to the YouTube uh, CBS Morning Show channel and you will see the segment. And literally they were walking through her home. She was showing uh, Gail, Lisa Leslie was showing Gail King uh, Kobe's jersey that she had in her house and how she was really sad looking at that journey now. Jersey now and the pain that she was able to invoke, you could tell they had a real friendship. So for you to, for any interviewer to sit down there and take from all the wonderful things that you could talk about, about both of these two amazing people that you want to dive into a situation with Kobe Bryant in which he was acquitted, I thought it was classless to say the least. And that was not something that she needed to do. Because I personally believe with that level of power, that level of influence that Gail King brings, she could have altered those questions. She could have refused to tape it, whatever she needed to do not to ask Lisa Leslie those questions. But again, I go back to how Lisa Leslie handled it. She didn't get upset. She, she was polite, but direct. And letting her know in a in indirect way that the media should not be bringing this up. You had a lifetime of opportunity. You had he was here for over forty years to give him that opportunity to speak to it. You could have talked to it um, when he was alive, but to bring it up now in this time of passing when his family is still grieving, he has not been buried yet. It's inappropriate and disrespectful. And I definitely think that a conversation should have um, happened, and it may have happened outside of what we saw, before it to then become a clickbait moment, because that's what it was. I work in media. I do understand what um, subversive titles are about. It's about web traffic and page views in order for you to drive advertising dollars. That's what that was. And we have to stop letting the media utilize our commentary for advertising dollars because ultimately they're getting rich off of our pain and our suffering and that's not acceptable and we have to stop that but then in the same breath if you have an issue with what someone says especially on that level or any level I think being able to pull people aside and have conversations with them in an adult manner is key to growth. I really liked about 40% of what Snoop Dogg said in regards to Gail King and the perception of how that interview went. 
But then when he called her out of her name, I lost everything that he was saying. And I view him as an elder statesman in hip hop in an entertainment industry, because I think I mentioned in my first couple of podcasts, I really love hip hop. I do. I've loved hip hop um, since high school. I grew up on it, the old school. I've seen hip hop evolve and grow. I've seen these young kids go from singing gin and juice to talking about Jesus and being on shows with Martha Stewart. I've seen growth and elevation. And Snoop is a grown up, just like I am. I mean, we're both almost 50 years old. And at this level of our lives, for us to act in such a way is inappropriate. If we have problems with people, we should be able to articulate them clearly and to be able to speak to people without tearing them down in public. That's a, those are one-on-one -on -one conversations. And even if he wanted to go on social media to explain how he felt, I would have, I had no problem with that, but then just say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to her. I've had uh, situations where I've been in rooms with these women. I'm going to talk to them about how I feel. Because utilizing social media to try to shame someone into something is never going to work. It doesn't work when it's the right way, the wrong way, and around the corner way. That's not the most appropriate thing to do. And we have to stop letting social media control our lives and control our narrative. Because again, like I said, I totally rocked with about 40% of what Snoop was saying. But then the moment he caught, called her out of her name, I lost it all. And now you just look like a man who doesn't like black women, who's angry and bitter. And Kobe Bryant didn't stand for any of that. So it makes me wonder if he was alive, would he have respected you for taking that route? And, and don't get me wrong, when you're grieving, because he did mention that they were also good friends, when you're grieving, because I've grieved before, you are emotional, you're, 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 you're reactive, you don't think clearly. And that's one aspect of it. But at the same time, you have to be able to have people around you or even yourself where you can pull yourself back together and say, you know what, I made a mistake on how I approached this. And you have to be comfortable going back in regards to that mistake. Because again, it goes back into when did we learn to hate each other? Because the way that these people are coming across, it becomes hate. And all the hate that we display in front of the camera creates these narratives that common people like myself have to live with. We have to constantly battle perceptions because perception is reality to some people. And they're not willing to give us a chance to really see and uncover what we're truly talking about. And we have to stop that. It's not just about those media perceptions because the world is going to believe what the world is going to believe. But at the same time, it's about our interactions, the communication between black women and black men. It, it, there's a disconnect and the disconnect is disheartening. I'm single. I've been single for quite some time. Um, and part of that was because I had to kind of grow into myself and with grieving and caregiving and transitioning and the ups and downs that I've experienced over this last decade, I have to admit, looking back at it, I probably, I would have been a horrible partner for someone because I just wasn't clear about who I was, what I wanted and what I deserved. But now 
I'm in a much better space where I can say that I'm a whole woman and I really want a whole man. And don't get me wrong, I have no problem with um, dating interracially. I have dated interracial, interracially, but one of my things is if I could have my way, I ultimately would love to marry someone who's black because I was raised by a black man. I believe in black men. I know that there are good black men out there. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that I discriminate when I date. I don't. I, I, I open my profile to both, to everyone. But at the same time, that connection as a black woman to a black man is a totally different situation because we can relate to each other on a level that is so deep that is beyond comprehension because we inherently are the same and based upon our skin color. But now, and our experiences, but now that disconnect in our communication divides us because I felt like when I've listened to... Um, Snoop Dogg. I also had an opportunity to hear Snoop Dogg on the Ricky Smiley show. I've heard other women, how they've reacted to it as well. There's this disconnect and this disparagement in our, in our communication that really I don't like. It breaks us down and it really will prevent us from moving forward and having clear relationships because there feels like there's a level of inherent disrespect between us that we're not able to get through. Ultimately, when you're having a relationship with anyone, black, white, whatever, you have to love yourself enough to be confident in your skin. And that's one aspect of it. And respect yourself enough to set boundaries. But then when you're dealing with men who are carrying pain and stereotypes, then you have to try to earn that man's respect. It's not automatic. It's not inherent. It's something that you always have to try to fight for. And that fight gets tiring because you are trying to be your true self when this other man is not comfortable being his true self because he feels like he's going out in the world and being judged mis mis and totally misrepresented. And that's the case. It is the case. I'm not going to pretend and say that for black men, that being in America and the journeys that you have to face is, not, is easy. It's not. The world is hard and cold. But at the same time, we have to love and support each other because inherently we're all we have. And we have to learn how to seek comfort and respect in each other. We have to respect people for the content of their character, for what they bring to the table, who they are, how they portray themselves every day. And stop judging these people based upon one-time hits and situationships and, and moments and learn how to communicate. And I, I probably am going to have to try to figure out a better way to express this because I don't really think I'm expressing it the way that it probably could do it justice. And if you have feedback on it, please share it with me because this is not a one-time conversation. This is something that we have to grow beyond. We have to get back to the time where we were willing, as Malcolm X would say, to die for one another that we recover each other that way. And I'm not saying that they're not men or women, black men, black women out there who are not already at that level, but there's a lot more people on the rise who are willing to tear each other apart and for a like, for a share, for a viral moment, for just the feel 
or just because they're carrying their own personal baggage and having that projected on other people. And, and that's not right. It's not a right situation. In order, You can't live well if you don't love yourself, if you don't learn how to love other people and love them in a way where you're able to listen to them and disagree with them and not feel like you have to murder them with your words or your actions. So I really feel like, you know, this situation is definitely blown out of control. But I definitely think we all need to take a step pause back and ask ourselves, who taught us to hate each other? Because this is an opportunity for us to learn. This is a teachable moment. This is a, not a moment where we need to sit down and continue to add to the vitriol we actually need to stop the vitriol and call each other accountable and say, you know, you're out of pocket for how you're disrespecting this woman because ultimately, yes, she's wrong and she needs to be told that she's wrong and she needs to take accountability for that wrong. But at the same time, she needs to be respected because that's a black woman. And this one instance is not a definition of her truth excuse me, of her true culture and heart. We don't know that. You have to look at the content of the entire person, not just one singular moment. And then we need to ask ourselves, when did we become so hateful of each other that we had to tear each other apart? When do we have to always call each other out of our name in order for us to communicate? And why? And how do we fix that? Because it takes so much energy to be negative and it takes so much less energy to be positive. It takes so much less energy to be honest and consistent and clear about the boundaries and moments of disrespect that we encounter and ask for forgiveness and or correct it and move forward from it than to tear each other across in the media or to have Twitter fingers or Facebook fingers and just constantly be ripping each other apart. We've got to take a moment to grow and to get better. So I really am looking at how I can continue this conversation. And that may be where I actually have my first guest. Maybe it's time to bring um, some men and some women together. And let's kind of talk through this of how we can get better from different ages. Because like I said, I'm 46. So at this age, I don't feel the way maybe a 25-year-old is going to feel about this. And then I think about how you know, a senior or elder statesman may feel about this. They've seen us go through so many different cycles. I just want us to kind of learn how to combat back through these cycles so that we can be better and we can do better for each other because us going along this path is not healthy for Black women and Black men. And we need to do what's healthy and what's right for us because we're too powerful to be tearing each other down in such negative ways. We have to learn how to lift each other up because we have so much power. Power, you know, iron sharpens iron and we have to grow together and we have to be able to take correction together and grow. That's the that's the path to the well-done life. So I apologize if it sounds kind of all over the map today, but I was a little emotional about it because it's just so important to me that as black women and black men, we learned that we need each other. We came from each other. So we can't disrespect each other if we want to continue to go forward. And I was blessed to have people in my life who planted those seeds in me. 
And I want to make sure that I'm planting those seeds in the next generation and beyond. So this is just the beginning of that conversation. I definitely will come back to it. But I wanted to make sure that I brought it out and kind of look at it as we're all on this growth journey. And for my followers that may not be Black, um, you still can take this as a teachable moment because it will help you understand the complexities of the Black dynamic. Uh, Because it's not easy. (laughs) And we need you to understand us so that you can be better allies for us and we can be allies for you. Again, it's all about growth and understanding for everyone, black, brown, Asian, whatever, does not matter. Learning from each other is the key. And that's what the Well Done Life is all about. Sharing our experiences, our stories, our thoughts, so that we can be better and lift each other up together because we're all we got, folks. So I wanted to make sure I dropped a pod about that. Um, I want to also let you know that please continue to email me, share thoughts with me. You can hit me up at Twitter at I am Pamela L. Davis, or you can email me at thewelldonelife at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast now because I'm doing better, y'all, doing better. I'm on Apple, um, on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher as well as on Spotify. So please listen to the podcast, share the podcast, share your thoughts, follow, subscribe, give me feedback because I want to continue to get better. And I don't want always to make, I want to make sure, excuse me, that I'm giving you things that are going to help you grow because I think we're all on this journey together and this is about us learning and sharing. So this is a longer one than most. I promise probably won't get past 30 minutes. want to keep it concise and to the point. So I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your weekend.